the Author to Author podcast series with award-winning author Pamela R. Haight. Welcome to the podcast. Dalgetty Herbal Teas produce 100% natural high-quality organic teas using only the best ingredients. Available now from all major supermarkets or please visit our website at dalgetty.co. Dalgetty Herbal Teas. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. Pamela R. Haynes here with another episode of the Author to Author podcast. I am excited to introduce best-selling children's author, Danielle Harvey. But let me update you on my book journey so far. Firstly, I am proud to announce that the Author to Author podcast will be live streamed on UK246.com, an internet radio station which serves listeners across the Caribbean, US and the UK. Secondly, I'll be hosting the Author's Literary Lounge at the Ethical Traders Show on Saturday, the 26th of June, 2021. It's free to enter from 10am, so come on down to 702 High Road, 7 Kings, Ilford, IG3, 8RH, and meet 10 fantastic self-published authors. Why not have a complimentary herbal tea, courtesy of Dalgetty Teas? For this episode, I have been drinking pure peppermint tea, and it brings back great memories from my late teens when I first discovered herbal teas. The discount code A2AS1 is still available throughout season one of the series, so claim your 10% off your favourite Dalgetty teas. Remember, Dalgetty deliver anywhere in the world. The lovely people at Dalgetty and I have teamed up to form the Dalgetty Community Spirit Book Award. We have had three exceptional nominations from esteemed authors and publishers, and I am delighted to let you know that Daniela Blechner is our first recipient. Daniela is CEO of Conscious Dreams Publishing, based in London, and she is responsible for assisting authors to publish their books. I will be interviewing Daniela Blechner on season two of the podcast. Well, let's catch up with this Danielle, author of Sienna Start School. Hi, Danielle. How are you doing? Hi, Pamela. I'm fine. Thank you. Good. Nice to see you. So tell us, Dan- Danielle, whereabouts in the UK are you from? So I'm from Whitmarines, which is based in Wolverhampton. Um, so we're certain, certainly representing. I think you're the third person I've had from the area. You're putting Wolverhampton <laughs> yeah. on the map. Excellent. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and where do your family hail from? So both my parents are from Wolverhampton. They were born in Wolverhampton. Um, and then my grandparents, which are my paternal grandparents, are from Jamaica. My grandfather is from Westmoreland and my grandmother was from Sablamar. Lovely. And then, yeah, then on my um, on my mother's side, uh, I never met my granddad, but um, I'm aware that he was born in St. Anne's in Jamaica. And my mum's mother was also born in Kilburn in London. Right. Yep. I know it well. That's northwest London. So, OK, so she was a Londoner. Yes. <laughs> so have you had a chance to go to Jamaica? No, I've never been. I've got it on my bucket list, though. I've been to Barbados and I have been to the Bahamas which are both beautiful places, but Jamaica is definitely top of my list to go. 
Oh, absolutely. I think it's certainly a way for you as a second generation British person to reconnect with the island, the land of wood and water. It's certainly a fantastic place to visit as well. So hopefully once these COVID times are over and we're able to travel more frequently, you can realise your dream of going to Jamaica. Yes, definitely. (laughs) So thank you for gifting us two copies of Sienna Start School. And congratulations on becoming an Amazon bestselling author. You worked really hard to make sure that that happened. Uh, But when did you publish and who published your book? Yes, so I published my book the 24th of the 4th, 21 this year. That date is quite sentimental to me. Uh, It's a date in which um, my grandmother passed away and I was raised by my grandmother. So she's a really kind of important person within my life. And also I published the book Marcia M. Publishing House. She'd actually done something for me in the past, which was when I was writing my master's, she actually proofread my dissertation. So we connected on that level and I've kind of remained connected with her ever since. (laughs) Fantastic. I mean, tell us then about yourself. Tell us about Danielle, the author. So Danielle, the author is a teacher of English. I've been doing that for nine years now. I really enjoy that as my job, my main job. Prior to that, I actually started off as a mentor before I became a teacher, doing one-to-one kind of voluntary, but I got a few awards with that as well. So I got Mentor of the Year Award in 2008, which I'm quite proud of. And coming from an inner city environment and growing up in an inner city, I always knew that those are the types of schools that I'd want to work in. I've worked in schools in Wolverhampton and a few schools in Birmingham in deprived areas and I really feel a drive and a passion to kind of make a difference it's something that I thoroughly enjoy Um, my partner always says I couldn't see you in any other job so that's quite important to me yeah I'm a mother of two daughters my oldest is 17 and you know she's going through that little bit rebellious stage where she's she thinks she's an adult she's not quite there yet and my youngest is two years old so there's quite a big gap to be fair so I'm um Not so much starting again, but I feel like I'm renewing my parenting skills again. (laughs) So do you teach secondary, primary, college? What what level of education do you teach? So I teach secondary. As well as teaching English, I do a bit of media studies. I've also done a bit of pastoral as well. So like heads of year role, also done a role which is whole school literacy, which is basically being in charge of how to embed literacy in the curriculum. So many roles, honestly, Pamela, we could be here all day talking about the jobs that I've done. You're Danielle, the teacher, you're Danielle, the educator, you're Danielle, mother of two. What do you do when you're not writing books and teaching? I do a bit of meditation. I've recently got into it, to be fair. I've started journaling and trying to capture personal development, um, looking at who Danielle is and kind of going through that stage of, well, where do I want to go in my life? What are my next steps? And putting myself first, which hasn't always been the case. Excellent. I mean, have you seen the documentary that was on BBC Two last night about how back in the 70s, first generation Black British students in particular were assessed as being educationally subnormal and sent to special schools? that that documentary was only on last night but I would really interested to know your view about why is it that our young people can be doing really really well at primary school but somehow drop through the cracks once they go into secondary school what's your view on that 
I think a lot of it is being a mother who's kind of experienced the teenage years and also teaching within a secondary school, it's enabled me to relate to some of the issues that society brings. And there is almost a chance of children being marginalised without them knowing that they're being marginalised through race, through, you know, their gender. As well as teaching, I have worked in a, in, in a care home as a residential support worker. So I understand that only 5% of children who are looked actually make it through GCSEs. And when you start to look at the statistics and the gaps, you then start to question, well, why is the work not being thrown into that? And I think a lot of it is funding. So they don't want to put the funding in. There's a gap. It's there. It's clear to see. The evidence suggests that there's a gap. However, I feel like in order for the gap to be closed, then there's too much work. And at times it comes across as people aren't willing to to do that work. But unless it happens to you and directly affects your world and the life that you live in, you can go about your day-to-day life and not see it as an issue or a problem. And it's not important. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit like those who feels it knows it, isn't it? But I also felt that it was partly to do with what is available and what is attractive to, you know, young teenagers at secondary school. For example, in English, we studied Chaucer, the Bronte sisters, Shakespeare and Martin Luther and all these people. And you think to yourself, well... How can somebody young in an urban area relate to some of the texts that's coming that we're still studying now? Do you find that that could be an issue? One hundred percent, and I think that's what kind of steered me to write my book is because of the lack of diversity and the fact that we need to see more books and texts because I actually didn't realize how many there were until I went to university. And that's when I started to read books by Tony Morrison and Alice Walker. And to be fair, I'd go as far as saying that I am a black feminist because I now realise that I have a love for black literature. However, that was not what I was exposed to growing up. So, yeah, it's a case of what you're exposed to and your environment. You become a product of that. And if that's not something that you're, you're enjoying or you have a love, it becomes a chore. So therefore, you don't commit. And I think that's what we're seeing with the generation that's coming through. They don't like the curriculum. It's very much outdated. And this generation is what I call the technology generation. So they're more advanced than me. Again, coming back to your book, Sienna Start School, why do you think that you needed to write that book? And why now? I was in a lot of pain. It's not the first time that I've been in pain in regards to inequality. And I'm politically driven when it comes to injustice. And I know George Floyd was in the midst of a pandemic, but I actually joined the protests that were going on myself deliberately because I wanted to get out and see what was going on within the community and get a feel of everyone's emotions despite being in this pandemic. Watching it pan out and, you know, hearing all these different views because it became so heightened and such a political thing, which the media just... You know, it was just the media was really focused and the spotlight was on it because of the pain that I had experienced. And not only that one example, but I feel like my lived experience kind of came full circle for me. And I knew if I didn't take action, which was in a time where teachers had a lot of free time because we were all working remotely, I couldn't miss this opportunity. So tell us about your book. So Sienna Starts School. Initially, it was a vision and I wanted to incorporate my own family into the book. So the character Sienna is actually 
based on my two-year-old. So the features that you see are carbon copy her in a sense. <laughs> they definitely emulate her in so many ways with the Afri Afro puffs and the light blonde hair. Although she's black, she has elements of blonde hair and she's quite fair skin. But I wanted her to feel that although there might not be books or texts that have you as the main character in, we're not going to alter it. We're going to go with what you look like and we're going to start making you and others start to embrace who they are. This is the way we should be perceived, but this stereotype of way that we should look. And I refused to do that. <laughs> so I made sure that the character was down to the little gap in her teeth, the colour of her hair and the fact that she's fair, but she's black was so important to me. And then you have myself and my partner, Josh, who's in there as well. So mum and dad. And you also have my oldest daughter, Tiara. And it was funny because whilst I was creating the characters, the templates were quite, they're quite linear. So they're quite straight. But I was like, no, I need to make sure I get the authenticity of my daughter with the nose ring on her mobile phone. Yes. You know, me, me in the kitchen cooking and my role actually in the, it, although you may not see it, is that I'm a teacher and I'm a writer. So the outfits that I wore were of importance to me. And then my partner, I wanted to portray a black family. So I yes. needed to capture that. So although he's not the father for my oldest, it was this blended family, but also representing a black, powerful, strong family, which a lot of us have can be kind of seen as, well, where's the dad? And I wanted to kind of break that barrier down is that there are lots of black families who are together and embracing that. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree with that. Tell us how important is your faith to you? Well, I grew up in church. Um, my grandmother would get us on the minibus every Sunday. And if we didn't get on that minibus, we were locked out the house. So it's really important to me. I was baptised in 2008. And that was something that I chose to do off my own back because growing up in church, you know, you're, you're in church, but I didn't want to do it for the sake of pleasing my grandmother or my friends or my pastor. I knew that it had to be something that I did off my own back and it enabled me to get healing. Now, me and my partner have this conversation all the time because he's like, how do you know that God's exists? What drives you? Why do you call yourself a Christian? And I said to him, you only need to look outside and see that God exists. And that's how I always take my conversations. And that's how I embrace my faith. I don't go any further than that because it's not about religion for me. It's about my connection. And I always say no one will understand you like I understand you. So it's so important for me as a person and an individual. Wonderful. So since becoming a best-selling author, are there plans for the book to be available in nurseries and schools? Yes, definitely. I'm actually going into two schools, one that I've kind of already had the conversation about, and that is my old primary school. Initially, when the book came out, they contacted me immediately and they were like, really want you to come back and really inspire our young children that not only did you come to St. Paul's, but you actually are now a published author, which was amazing. I literally had a conversation with the union that I'm part of, and they've said that they would like to get my book out in primary schools and they would like me to start coming to the conferences as a union representative they were blown away with the book as well sometimes it's hard to take in the success because it yes. can be quite overwhelming but I'm learning to to embrace it and relish in it and enjoy it 
you know yeah. you know it's a labor of love you managed to publish it you worked really hard the illustrations are just beautiful um you know so well done on that as well it complements all of your text so you know enjoy the the fruits of your labor and you know when you do dream uh, about the success of your book what do you dream about where do you see your book reaching i always say it's bigger than me so at present it's opened up doors for me in ways that I couldn't imagine. I mean, I'm not a person that puts myself on a pedestal. So the success and everything means very little. What's of importance to me is the message and the impact that has on young people. So far, I know of three young people who actually want to become writers from reading my book because they're like, Auntie Dan does it. I want to be a writer. So that's important to me. Yeah. And I'm starting a book club next week. And I'm doing that online and I'm doing it free because I feel like it's not everything that has to be a fee, especially because I see the potential that it has and the joy that it brings to young people to be able to feel a little bit of safety and comfort in what I call an environment where they can actually be themselves and see those talents. I enjoy just sitting back and watching. So I'm excited. Got a little bit of press recently. Tell us how that happened. I've actually been on the radio. So Diamond Radio was initially my first interview. And that was with Keisha, who's a brand ambassador for Marchie M House. So I did an interview with her, which the radio station is based up in Manchester. And that was quite exciting. I also have done an interview with the Letter Press Project, which is a company that's based in London. And they've had quite a few famous writers on there. There was Michael Rosen who was on there as an author and he was interviewed by the Letterpress Project. Quite a few lecturers from my university. So Denise Hayes, who was one of my lecturers and actually told me about the fact that they're currently looking at diversity and inclusion. Would I be willing to be interviewed by them? Which was exciting. And yes, then the Express and Star. So they came to my house and took a photo with me in the book and published my story which is amazing also and we have a network and a link now in a sense that if I do any more work they really would like me to share my journey. Oh that's wonderful so what would you say has been your proudest moment? I think my proudest moment has always been having my children because they are my biggest they're my biggest supporters my biggest fans I mean my little one came in today and the first thing she said is mommy mommy Sienna And she saw the book and she grabbed the book and she wanted to read it. And that's to do with the fact that they've been reading it at nursery. And she knows, even though she's two years old, that Sienna is her. Because she'll say, mommy, mommy, Sienna. She'll also say, that's Deja, mom. Oh, that's wonderful. So are there more adventures of um, Sienna to come? Yes. um, I've had quite a few people say Sienna and her hair needs to come next. Because I know coming from, you know, a black background that for me, my hair was my biggest issue. You know, my mum would relax it and straighten it. And as I got older, I realised I don't want straighteners in my hair. don't want it. I don't want a relaxer in my hair. That was just my preference because I felt like I needed to start to understand how to manage it. And I felt like my mother wasn't able to manage it at the time. So I deliberately went about one, teaching myself how to manage it, but also my children, because I feel like they need to start to embrace their beauty. And my nan, my nan always said to me, your hair is your beauty. 
Yes. That's what we grew up learning and knowing. So it kind of got to that point in that stage where I thought, well, how can I now start to think about putting this into my second book? And the plan is for it to be Sienna, Sienna in her crown and her hair being her crown. Oh, that's wonderful. I look, look forward to that one. So <laughs> hope, hopefully we can have you back when that book is published also. Yes. So what books are you reading at the moment? So I'm reading a book by Jeanette Barrett, and it's called They Never Saw Me. I've read that book. I'm going to have Jeanette on the show later on this year. Um, I think I've, I wrote the foreword for that book. So, yeah. Um, so it's nice when authors can help support other authors. And Jeanette Barrett is certainly a supporter of my book, Loving the Brothers. So you're reading that book at the moment. Anything yeah. else in the pipeline? Well, I've been looking at Benjamin Zephaniah, who obviously I'm a fan of Benjamin Zephaniah, funny enough. I actually watched him perform in one of my schools and I've read a lot of his poetry and taught it as well. But he's got his autobiography out as well that's just come out. And that was quite interesting to read. Um, I haven't finished it yet because I was so caught with Jeanette's book, but um, I started it and I'm one of them. I, I like to start it and finish it. So I was like, oh. I definitely will come to that. It's quite interesting. And it it talks about his journey growing up and his experiences of racism, which was something that obviously it's good to know. It's good. You know, you feel that pain and that rawness of their lived experiences. And it's, you know, the way that he puts it down, you know, I could imagine the way that he's written the book as well, that you get the rawness of. No um, censor. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You know, no filter. So do you have any tips for aspiring um, writers, especially those who wish to write children's books? I think it's overcoming that fear because initially that was my kind of stumbling block is, well, how do I go about this? And I remember having my first consultation with Tanya and thinking to myself, is this for me? Am I able to do this? And it, it gets to that point where you have to kind of stop that thought process I always say Maya Angelou's statement, which is there's so much agony in the story. And the release that I got and the therapeutic kind of element of it was where I found my joy. And I can't stop writing that. Although I was writing poetry and it wasn't published, I felt like I wasn't willing to share it. And it's the sharing and the releasing and making people then look at what you've done and be inspired by that that was something that really resonated with me okay wonderful thanks for that so if people want to find you on social media or they want to buy your book what are your social media handles I have my own website which is danielleharvey.co.uk and you can actually get signed copies of my book there you can also purchase the book on Amazon so that's global for anyone who wants a copy And leave a review. You must leave a review. Yes, leave a review. (laughs) You can also leave a review on the website. But at the moment, it's only UK based for my website. But internationally, if you would like a copy, then they are on Amazon. I also have my Instagram, which is Danielle Harvey Writes. My Facebook is also Danielle Harvey Writes. I also have an Instagram for Sienna. So it's at Sienna Start School. If you would like to follow my book journey. And I try to focus more on the characters and obviously I'll start putting more stuff about the book club on there. That's quite interesting. But if you go to my website, you will probably see a lot of the things that I'm currently doing and some of the things like competition wise, but a blog that you can also read upon, getting myself back into blogging. 
So lots of exciting things. Well, that's wonderful. It sounds like you've got lots of activity that's being generated from becoming an author. So um, well done on all of that. Uh, Daddy, we've come to the end. So um, (laughs) I hope it wasn't too traumatic for you sharing and answering your questions. You've done really well. I want to take this opportunity to wish you all the best on your book journey. Looking forward to the next book about Sienna and following what she does. And I want to wish you all of success in the world. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Pamela. I really appreciate that. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to episode six of the Author to Author podcast. It is competition time now. And the question is, where in Jamaica is Danielle's paternal grandfather from? Contact me on Instagram at Loving the Brothers Author with the correct answer for your chance to win a copy of Sienna Start School and a selection of Dalgetty Herbal Teas. Bye for now. Please join Pamela R. Haynes for another Author to Author podcast coming soon.